Well, with a massive win over Marshall tonight, Kentucky basketball proved that sometimes the best defense is a very, very good offense. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Daw, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. You can download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first Purchase On today's episode of Locked on Kentucky, we are going to be recapping Kentucky basketball's throttling of the Marshall Thundering Herd, 118 to 82. Yes, you heard me correctly, 118 points going to get into the good. Obviously, a lot of positive things to take away. The bad, Kentucky's defense, pretty much straightforward is what we're going to dive into today. And then looking forward to this Miami game, the Wildcats now coming in hot to that contest next week. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. I want to remind everyone out there that we are free and available on all platforms. Platforms. If you have not subscribed to the show already, please go ahead and do so wherever you are tuned in. So let's go ahead and get into it. First of all, just random uh, stray here. Jeff Goodman doesn't know anything, nor will he ever. All right, let's move along. DJ Wagner. First thing I want to take away from this 118 to 82 win, let's kind of take all of the different statistics and things that we could dive into. Let's talk about DJ Wagner here for a second. You and I have been having conversations on this show for what feels like, what, the entire season so far uh, with Wagner and how he has just continued to shoot the ball poorly. He has not been performing up to standard, and there have been different things about his game that have been a little frustrating, and we have continued to say, we know there is somebody special in there. We know that this player is capable of doing great things, and I said at the end of my preview episode for this game that went up earlier today, I said DJ Wagner really needs a solid, efficient shooting night to prove that he is back and he is capable of of doing really solid things in this very high-powered Kentucky offense. And you go and take a look at his numbers from tonight. Led all players in scoring with 28 points on 10 of 14 shooting and 2 of 5 from beyond the arc. Yes, 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 yes. I absolutely love DJ Wagner's performance from tonight. And you noticed the ways that DJ Wagner created offense for himself. He was able to get to the rim and get fouled, and he was able to get to the foul line. He was 6 of 7 from the charity stripe. He was able to make some of those tough finishes on give-and-goes, taking it himself. Was impressed with his. What, what, I was really impressed with his play around the rim. And then you got to see the two outside shots, other players creating catch-and-shoot looks for DJ Wagner. Obviously, we have seen Wagner struggle both off the dribble and catch and shoot when it comes to taking these outside shots this season. But we know he can hit them, and he has missed some wide open shots so far this season. And two of them went down tonight, and I would love to see him be more selective with his outside shooting and get those touches from other players because Kentucky, we'll talk about the ball movement in a second, sets up themselves 
I think, better than any team I've seen in a long time. They are really, really, really good at spreading the ball around. And Wagner is one of those players that is really good at doing that. Five assists tonight. Also, to go along with a rebound, a steal, and th- or three steals and a block. It was a great night for DJ Wagner to kind of put the doubters to rest here for just a second. And I would love for him to continue this into the Miami game. Do- is he going to score 28 points again? Doubtful. But I want to see him start to take a step in the right direction so that statistically we come out of this non-conference slate looking at his numbers and going, yeah, what was the problem? At the beginning of the year, we had some concerns. Eh, it's whatever. Wagner is definitely a very solid NBA potential type of player. I would really, really enjoy it if Wagner was able to build on this. Great performance tonight. Absolutely love the way that he operated. Again, 10 of 14 shooting, 28 points. You have to love that. The second thing we need to get to here, and this is uh, this is the big thing here. Uh, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, 100 and 18 points from the Kentucky Wildcats. Now, they gave up 82, and we will talk about that. But 118 points. That is the most points scored in a game in the John Calipari era. Full stop. This Kentucky offense, I think we can say with clarity now, after getting to see the way it operated tonight after seeing the way it operated against Kansas, and I would love to see it continue against Miami. This may be the best offense Kentucky has had in a long, long time. We're looking at an early 90s squad, potentially being the last time Kentucky had an offense like this. This is a special team. I think this team is capable of doing some really good things. We can't sit here and say Kentucky's going to go on a run and win the national title because they've beaten New Mexico State, Texas A&M Commerce, Stonehill, St. Joseph's, and Marshall. Again, this Miami game is going to be really important for Kentucky. But that offense can click. And if it's able to click against a team like the Hurricanes, against a team like North Carolina here in just a few weeks, if it's able to start off SEC play strongly, This team has the ability to do some really, really special things this regular season and then in the postseason if they are able to actually continue to heat up. I hope, I really do hope, that this offense is not peaking here at the beginning of the season because they are playing some bad opponents. But they are going through these opponents, and they aren't just beating them like they have in seasons past. They are getting out there, and they are scoring virtually at will. There was nearly no drop-off between the first and second half offensively. Take a look at these numbers. In the first half, Kentucky shot 26 of 40 from the floor, 65%. If you think that's impressive, take a look at their three-point shooting. In the first half, 8 of 11 from beyond the arc, 73% to go along with 9 of 10 from the foul line. In the second half, you did have a step back, but you were still shooting 57%, 57%, 19 of 34, and also shooting 50% from three, eight of 16. You finish this game shooting 61% from the floor and 59% from beyond the arc. You will not be able to replicate that. I feel like I've said this now three or four times. Kentucky's offensive numbers, they will not be able to replicate the efficiency that they have had. 
it has been shocking how good they are at scoring the basketball and not just scoring, distributing, which we will talk about later. This team shoots the lights out of the basketball and it's not just one dude. It's not just two. It's not just three. It is quite literally four to maybe five players that can get in on this and crush you. What do they look like against better competition? I'm really curious, but as of right now, they've passed the test. If you got a chance to play Kansas again, if you got one more shot to play Kansas again, uh, Kansas again, I'm not sure the Jayhawks win that game, and I'm not sure if Kentucky doesn't do what they were on pace to do in that second half before they fell, fell apart, which is win that game by double digits. I'm not saying Kentucky by 30. I'm saying Kentucky by 10 to 12. I think the Wildcats, if they get a big man back, and they will get Bradshaw back very soon, I think this team has the ability to, they, they are one piece away from being a serious problem. A serious problem for some people. Of my three seasons doing Locked On Kentucky, we are just a few games in, and it is clear this team has a ceiling that those other teams did not. And it is it is dangerous what they could possibly do. Now, they are young. They are inexperienced. They have had several hiccups, and they hardly don't play a lick of defense at times, which we will dive into. But they score. <laughs> I mean, they've got guys that can flat out put the ball in the hoop. So, 118 points from Kentucky, which by the way, shout out Joey Hart for making that 3 to get them over that 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 uh that 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 gap there. 118 points on any team, especially a team that's currently sitting top half in the country in the Kimpom rankings. That's great. That is absolutely great. What do you do against Miami this Tuesday? It's going to be really important to watch. We're going to continue to talk about more positives and some negatives that we took away from this contest. Before we dive into that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. It's what brings home the winning trophy. It's also what keeps your ride or die alive. And eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. And with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every single time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. You can keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. All right, continuing along here on the Friday edition of Locked On Kentucky. Lance Dahl, hanging out here with you. Really appreciate you making Locked On Kentucky your first listen. Every single day, most of you are probably listening to this on Saturday. If you have not subscribed to the show already, I would really appreciate it if you went ahead and did that, whether you are watching on YouTube or on podcast. Again, I said this on yesterday's show. Hello to all the new subscribers over on the YouTube channel at Locked On Kentucky. We have had a very uh, dramatic surge over the past 48 hours of subs. So just want to say hello to everybody. Thank you for joining. If you are not subscribed and you are watching this, go ahead and sub. 
it will be a very, very fun season, I think. I want to wrap up the, uh, the, 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 the positives here, and then I want to kind of get to the cons. Because there are several other really nice performances in this game as well. Rob Dillingham had a really, really nice game. Rob Dillingham just continuing to play extremely, extremely efficient basketball. It can it boggles my mind that we stepped into this year, at least I, I stepped into this year, expecting certain things statistically and then actually watching them play. I expected certain things from these players. And they have continued to outperform my expectations in both areas consistently. It has shocked me how good Rob Dillingham has been off the bench. 16 points, 7 of 8 eight from the floor. He made both of his 3-point attempts. He had 5 rebounds, 8 assists to only 2 turnovers, and a steal. I want to read this again to you. He was 7 of 8 from the floor. He had 5 rebounds, 8 assists, 1 steal, in 24 minutes of play. That's your backup. That is your backup point guard. The starter dropped 28. Your backup dropped 16. Look at your shooting guard position. Your starter dropped 23 points on 8 of 13 shooting. You saw when that second three went in for Reeves, he was hot. This was a game that he was going to drop some buckets. 5 of 7 from beyond the arc. 4 rebounds. An assist. Two turnovers, unfortunately, and 30 minutes of play. 23 points from your starting shooting guard. Your backup shooting guard, Reed Shepard, get a load of this. 12 points on four of six shooting. Two of three from beyond the arc, made both of his uh, free throws. Also had seven rebounds, six assists, two steals, and only one turnover in 26 minutes of play. Your backcourt. Your starting backcourt went for 28-23. Your backups went for 16-12. and 12. These are numbers that we were getting out of Ty Ty Washington, Zavir Wheeler, and Davion Mintz, the starters. We were getting numbers out of those, these number, the backup numbers out of those guys on inefficient shooting a year and a half ago, two years ago. And it's no slight to them. Wheeler was good for what he was. Mintz was good for what he was. Ty Ty Washington was good for what he was. If they had been given a chance to play in a more modern system, they would have had more fun. Their numbers, I think, would have been more impressive. And Kentucky would have performed better overall. But these guys fit this system to a T. This is perfect for them. John, well, I don't know if it's Cal. I don't know if it's Welch. I don't know if it's the entire staff coming together and saying, hey, we actually got to play some legitimate modern offense. Coach D'Antoni for, for the Thundering Hurts that uh, came out in, in the postgame presser and said, I don't know who that is. Like he was making a joke saying, that's not Kentucky. That's not what they do. That's not how they operate this offense. This personnel fits what this staff and Welch and Cal want to do beautifully. And it has been so fun to watch. So fun to watch. Even when they're cold, they've been able to snap right back into it. And what have we continued to say? Let's go ahead and start to bleed into the negatives here. What have we continued to say whenever we've talked about Kentucky playing so well? It's like I said a few minutes ago. Okay, well, they haven't really played anybody yet outside of Kansas. And they've had these, these moments. They've had these moments of uh, adversity. And they've overcome them against some really 
poor competition relative to what you're going to play for the for the final two thirds of your schedule. What are they going to do whenever they have to go to overtime against a team like Texas A&M on the road? What are you going to do whenever you have three splashed in your face from the get go and you are down like 20 to five against a team like Alabama at some point late in this year? What are you going to do whenever you are in a fist fight and you are having to go to your bench more often than you would like and you're picking up a lot of fouls and you're putting a team like, let's say, I don't know, Florida or Tennessee on the line a ton here at the end of or towards the middle and the end of the season. What are you going to do against those teams whenever you have some real adversity against some significantly better squads? Will you be able to continue what you're doing statistically on the offensive end of the floor? How will you control yourself? Will you be able to mentally get past the mistakes that you make and rebound? Will those mistakes be there to begin with? I absolutely think so. This team is not perfect. Miami is going to be a huge test for Kentucky because that defense is not is right now. It's not good. They are currently now, they've dropped to 62nd nationally in defensive efficiency. They do a couple of things really well. They create steals. They get blocks. But teams shoot a lot of threes against Kentucky. And they don't make them at a high clip, but they make them at a good enough clip to keep them in games. Marshall, in this contest, dropped 82 points and was 9 of 26 from beyond the arc. Almost 35%. For a team that shoots 26% from the floor as a whole, they were shooting 24%. A little under 24, or a little over 24% heading into this contest. You have to be able to play more consistent defense. Kentucky was late in rotations. There were easy baskets at the rim at times where Kentucky just kind of gave up halfway through, realizing, oh, they've already beaten us to the basket. Boom, dunk, boom, layup. The defensive rebounding for Kentucky is also a bit of a concern. Marshall had 17 offensive rebounds in this game, and you go and look what they look at what they do as a whole. They're not a particularly strong offensive rebounding team. Kentucky's got to get better on that end of the floor. Just just finishing off possessions, grabbing rebounds. And I said it in the preview. Oh, everybody and their mother has said it over and over. Kentucky right now needs a seven-footer in this lineup to make sure that they can secure some of these possessions a little bit better. Because right now, they are not able to grab those rebounds that are being tipped around that would be controlled by a 7'1 Aaron Bradshaw or a 6'11, 7'0 Ugunan Yenzo. Once you get those guys back, this will start to look a little better. It'll be okay. So Kentucky, for all their, their defensive issues and the, the, the lack of rebounding, the lack of consistency on that end of the floor, I think they're going to be fine. But they've got to get that cleaned up because it, it, it's it's not good. It's it's pretty it's pretty bad. So props to the offense, props to the individuals, props to the system. This is a huge night for Kentucky, and certainly the way that you would like to have played heading into the Miami game. But you've got to get your defense better. You have got to get that defense better. The passing in this game. That's the fi- this is the final thing I'll say. The passing in this game was beautiful. Part of the system, moving the ball around, both in the first and second half. You can see several clips of it online. Beautiful. The way that Kentucky drives, kicks, 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 three, gone. It was amazing the way that Kentucky operated and controlled themselves in this one. 
if you can get that consistently, it's going to be a, again, it's going to be a major problem for teams coming up in the schedule. So moving forward, what do we got? Well, like I said, we got a huge non-con game this weekend. And then a couple other things I would like to point out. Before we break that down, that down though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at Game Time. Let's say you're trying to get some last-minute tickets to the Miami game next Tuesday. Let's say maybe you're trying to get some tickets this weekend to Kentucky versus Louisville. You should head, head over to Game Time to get some of those last-minute tickets. You should not have to worry when you're trying to get those tickets for your next big event. And Game Time is the fast and easy way to do all of that for any sort of event. So you're talking sports, music, comedy, and theater events. They've got killer deals on last-minute prices, views from your seat, and then they have their best price guarantee. So if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. They have deals on tickets right up to the start of the event, and even an hour after it starts, Game Time is the place to find last-minute seats. You need to take the guesswork and the stress out of buying tickets with Game Time. You can download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On College for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, wrapping up the Friday edition of Locked On Kentucky. I really appreciate you guys tuning in. If you have not subscribed to the show already, I would really appreciate it if you went ahead and did that, getting closer and closer to 6,000 subscribers on the show, which is just insane to think about. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for watching this episode. If you've got any thoughts on how this game went, how Kentucky's off, or excuse me, non-conference slate is uh, shaping up, let me know in the comments below. If you're listening on podcast at Locked On UK on Twitter, is where you can find me. So moving forward, Kentucky basketball has a couple of different difficult games here. It's not just the Miami game. I mentioned some of them earlier. But this Miami game obviously is the most prevalent. It's the mo- it's the one that happens on Tuesday, November 28th. Right now, Kim Palm gives Kentucky a 72% chance to win this game at home. They are not impressed. Kim Palm is not with the uh, Hurricanes. I think that, obviously, Miami has not played a team as talented as Kansas or Kentucky yet, but they've played three different games that would, I think, collectively make a more difficult non-conference schedule in terms of strength than the Wildcats. They've played UCF, Georgia, and Kansas State. They've beaten all of them, and they've scored pretty pretty, uh, pretty seriously in all three of those games, 88, 79, and 91 points in all of those respective contests. Uh, Kentucky is going to have a little bit of a difficult time, I think, on defense in this one because Miami's got a very legitimate offense. Um, Miami's defense has not been phenomenal against some eh squads. So how they do in this one uh, will, will be will be fascinating to watch. But you've got Miami. That's the first one, right? And then you have UNC Wilmington. Then you've got Penn, which can be difficult in their own, own right. And then to close out the non-con slate, North Carolina at a neutral site, Louisville on the road, and then Illinois State. Illinois State is what it is. But look at the Tar Heels and the Cardinals there. And some of you are going to laugh, and I honestly am too inside, about trying to talk about Louisville basketball. I think when you watch this team, they're more competitive and more awake than they were a season ago. I think they've got a little bit of a better roster. Shout out Sky Clark, a former Kentucky legend. That's a joke. Um, and they've got a, a number, a slew of, of bad teams they're going to be playing here 
over the next few weeks, how they perform in those contests before they play the Wildcats will be interesting. Maybe we're having a different conversation. Maybe Louisville is just so far underneath 500 that we'll sit here and say, oh my goodness, this game doesn't matter at all. But you have to you have to think about what this could be here with Louisville. If they are somehow sitting at, I don't know, let's see, they've got one, two, three, four, five, six different games. Let's say somehow they are they're eight and three. They go on a winning streak. Who would have thought? Probably not gonna happen. Humor me here. Let's say they're eight and three. They're going to play Kentucky at home. Maybe the Yum Center will, which is just a hideous name, maybe the Yum Center will actually have like 15 people in it instead of six uh, for that basketball game. It'll be a more competitive environment. Kentucky on the road at a true road venue for the first time this season. How do you respond in that environment as a young team? I think it'll be a, a, a game where Kentucky can has the opportunity to grow up a little bit. And then North Carolina obviously is what they, they they are what they are. They lost to Villanova in overtime, which looks like a really good squad uh, coming out of the gate this year. Arkansas, they blew the brakes off of them, scored 87 points in that contest. They play Tennessee uh, this Wednesday, and they play Florida State, and then they play UConn heading up to, whew, that's rough. They play those three teams heading into that game against the Wildcats. Um, what do they do in those? What do they do in those? That'll change my perspective maybe on where they are with Kentucky, maybe. Um, but that's a really tough team. It's an experienced team. Uh, that's going to be a tough out against a really solid off, really solid offense and then also uh, a, a pretty def- def- decent defense to boot. So Kentucky looking forward. Oh, they're playing hot right now. They're playing pretty hot. But they've got a couple of difficult games coming up, and how they respond in those um, is what we're going to be monitoring. So if you've got any thoughts on Kentucky basketball's victory tonight, or how they are going to perform moving forward, you can leave that in the YouTube comments below. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance Daw underscore, and you can follow the show over on Instagram. That is at Kentucky Podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, leave them in the YouTube comments below. Hit me on the socials. I will see you all on Monday for another episode. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day, and God bless. Oh,